Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Goldmaking, presented by Darkshore Capital. Today is July 5th, 2021. All right, so we're going to get into what I was doing over the past week. Obviously, my focus has still been on the Burning Crusade, limited supply recipes, tailoring cooldowns, and interestingly enough, maximum level questing have been some sources of gold over the past week. It's actually pretty interesting how if you have saved any quests from leveling, they can actually be a pretty significant source of gold come max level. And obviously, if you're level 70 with some decent gear, they're pretty easy to complete. I would highly recommend looking into completing all the quests you possibly could in the Burning Crusade for some fairly straightforward and easy gold. Some other benefits that you get from doing that as well. Legendary materials have also been on the rise, of course, in retail with the new content that has come out. I've started to cash in some of my stock, and so far it's looking like it's a pretty good gold maker. We'll definitely be having more on that in the near future, what with the raids coming out shortly. And again, speaking of the raid, next week is when I'm going to start targeting unloading the raid consumables, uh, in addition to the legendary materials that I've had stocked up. The consumable prices haven't shot up quite as much as the legendary materials just yet. I do suspect that once the raid is actually upon us, and people are actually doing the content that we'll be seeing plenty of increase there. As for blockers, the price of the Burning Crusade cloth in across both Netherweave and the cooldown cloths is kind of steadily declining, which is to be expected as we progress through the expansion. However, the cheaper prices just make it a little bit less of an attractive gold maker. Obviously, there's still plenty of profit to be had. It's just something that I am keeping an eye on because it's important to make sure you still have good profit margins. Just a quick update with the token this week. Actually, looks like our US and EU tokens are down quite a bit from the previous week. So June 28th, we recorded a US token price of 185,000 gold. And this week, it's down to 178,000 gold. So actually, pretty significant drop. That might be the biggest drop we've seen so far in the Shadowlands. On the EU side of things, last week on June 28th, we recorded a 2070, sorry, 275,000 gold price. And this week on July 5th, we're recording a 257,000 gold price. So yeah, uh, it definitely seems like it's dropping. It's kind of interesting to see that price movement, what with the new patch just coming out, uh, as well as, of course, the Burning Crusade still being upon us. I have the pricing chart for last week for Activision Blizzard stock. Looks like Friday's closing price was around $94.27. A few pieces of news I wanted to go over. So uh, with 9.1 obviously being released, the item level 230 BOE crafted gear is now available uh, by way of the new crafter's mark, which is of course reputation gated. I think at this point, just about every server should have people on it who are crafting those 230 pieces. So there you go, be aware of that. Uh, it's definitely going to affect the markets of crafted gear. And on that note, very good news. Trade Skill Master 4.11 is now released for everyone. Uh, it's out of beta and available to the masses. So if you are interested in maximizing your crafting potential using the crafter's marks and other optional materials available in the Shadowlands, you'll definitely want to update your Trade Skill Master because it now has support for all of those lovely, lovely things. In Burning Crusade Classic News, they were demoing, uh, testing out same faction battlegrounds over the weekend. Uh, this isn't really so much of a gold making thing, but I did just want to give my opinion on this briefly. 
Obviously, there's been quite a bit of uproar if you've paid any attention to the quote-unquote community of Classic, specifically around the Reddit threads. Uh, people seem to think that the, the sky is falling with this. Uh, there was a popular streamer by the name of Venruki, who also plays a mage, good man, who really kind of had the best take on this in that uh, everyone just gets to play the game now. If you weren't aware, there was a big issue with the Burning Crusade Classic and that a majority of players are on the Horde side. And the result of that was that Horde were having to wait upwards of an hour to get just to get into one battleground versus the Alliance, who pretty much had instantaneous queues. As far as I'm concerned, we're all playing this game for the nostalgia's sake and just letting people play the game and actually have fun in Battlegrounds. Seems like a great change. That's really all there is to it. Uh, we'll see how things progress. Obviously, some, some people are saying this could be a slippery slope that could lead to uh, the ruining of Classic, but it's hard for me to see that. All right. And then lastly, uh, another bit of 9.1 news. So the plus 20 Mythic Plus teleports are now available in-game. If you don't know, during the 9.1 season, if you complete a Mythic dungeon at a plus 20 or above level in time, you will be rewarded with an achievement, which grants you a spell that will teleport you to that dungeon. Very cool. Very cool addition. I'm definitely a big fan of this, and I will probably be going for as many of these as I possibly can myself. Interesting gold making aside on this. I did a little bit of digging in some of the gold boosting discords that I am part of, and it looks like the current going rate, effectively the going rate to get these teleports is 1 million gold per key. The boosting services are charging, yeah, 1 million gold for a timed plus 20, which is a very hefty sum for a boost. That price will likely decrease quite significantly over the course of 9.1, especially given that many people will have much more access to gear, thereby making the number of people capable of doing this boost much higher and uh, the success rate much higher as well. So we'll definitely be keeping track of that number because I, I think that that's a very interesting thing to keep track of. And uh, while I don't think I would ever consider paying for it myself, it is a good pulse to have on sort of the, the boosting community and the gold that is kind of sloshing around in those circles. And yeah, I did, of course, want to mention this is an achievement per dungeon. So you, you don't have to do all, all the dungeons to get this. Uh, you can kind of pick and choose if uh, you're a little bit limited on your resources in order to get it. But obviously, you know, you're going to want to have all of them because it's just a really cool ability to have. Uh, as an aside, the original challenge modes that were released in Mr. Pandaria and continued in Warlords of Draenor had a teleport associated with them as well. For those ones, you actually did have to complete. Actually, I'm not sure on that. Um, I could be wrong. You didn't need to complete all of them. Either way, all I know is I have the ones from Warlords of Draenor on one of my characters still, and it still comes in handy because... Uh, sometimes it's you want to get to Blackrock Mountain, and one of the dungeons from Warlords of Drainer was Upper Blackrock Spire. So I have a teleport for that. It's fantastic. All right, let's get into the main topic for today. I figured it's uh, time to stop putting it off. We're going to talk about the Undermine Journal. This is something I've sort of teased on the, the last screen for a little while now. So what is the Undermine Journal? It is a website which provides pricing data for World of Warcraft, to put it simply. But it is also much, much more than that. So first off, first things first, you can use the Undermine Journal to check the price of things. So when you're first faced with the website, you'll be asked to choose your region. We're going to choose Americas. 
since that's where we're playing and we're going to choose the Tychondria server since that's where we're doing our uh, primary gold making at the moment. If I can find it, there it is. So yeah, you're faced with, uh, this is sort of the landing page for the server. You have uh, some just, just random statistics about things that are available, uh, some potential deals, and then of course, a nice little look at the token price live. Uh, we'll just go ahead and look at Shrouded Cloth just to give you a sense of what you're looking at here. So yeah, you're given a bunch of different current pricing data for your server. Uh, current price, mean price, median price, standard deviation uh, across those different statistics. Available quantity as well, which is quite interesting. And then also some US region or whatever region you've chosen price as well. This can be very useful if you're just looking up, uh, you know, what's the price of a thing right now. There's also a myriad of graphs that show you these various pieces of data over time. And yeah, so that's it for the basics. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the possible deals section of the Undermine Journal. So this is a special link that you'll find over on the right of the landing screen for your server. It's the first one, it's called deals. And what it gives you is a few different categories that they've sort of selected to be somewhat curated on the Undermine Journal of things that might be like supremely undervalued. Uh, so for example, here, this first section is the category dropped rare and epic armor slash weapons. So this is pretty much mostly just gonna be transmog stuff. You can see there's uh, like some dark moon cards in here as well. Uh, obviously this stuff is all generated algorithmically. So there's no guarantee it's all gonna be transmog or all gonna be trinkets or anything. But um, the way this is useful is you can see a current price uh, of what the price this auction was listed at last time the Undermine Journal scanned uh, all the auction houses. And then what its mean price is on the server and its regional price across all of the US. So you can get a sense of this is actually undervalued or not. Usually these ones are because they obviously look for pretty big disparities. Now, the really cool thing that you can do with this is click this little TSM button here on the upper right, and it'll give you a automatically highlighted string of item uh, IDs that you can then copy and paste directly into TradeSkill Master's auction house browse screen. And by pasting that in and pressing enter, you will then be presented with an auction house search of all those items, which obviously is super handy because this is sort of what we're all used to looking at anyway when it comes to buying and selling things. So yeah, as you can see here, these uh, this male chest, or sorry, it's a male waist, is allegedly at a 0%, 23 gold for this thing. And uh, it allegedly sells for 36,000 gold. So I'm gonna go and buy this up. It's, you know, it might not sell. It might not look all that great. And this might just be low because of the indestructible that's on there, but you never know, it might sell. I'm gonna buy it out, 23 gold, that's pretty cheap. And then yeah, you can just go through all the different sections and find excellent deals. I've made, I've made plenty of gold by doing this uh, using the Undermine Journal. If you're operating across multiple servers, this is also an excellent way to sort of quickly look for possible things to flip across multiple servers that you're operating on. All right, the next thing on the Undermine Journal that I wanted to talk about is a bit of a market overview by profession. So over on this right section, you'll see there's all these different professions listed out, uh, blacksmithing, tailoring, herbalism, cooking, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and click on the herbalism one. And what we're met with here is, again, different sections uh, grouped usually by expansion of just all the materials that are utilized in that profession. So for herbalism, of course, we have the Shadowlands herbs, nightshade, widow bloom, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then yeah, just a breakdown of what the price is. So this can be handy if, for example, you are a farmer and you're trying to figure out uh, what do I want to go farm today? Do I want to farm Widow Bloom? Do I want to find Virgil's Touch? Oh, well, how's the price looking on these at the moment? Well, okay, based on that, I'm going to go to this zone instead of this zone because the price is a little bit better here. So it's a nice way to get an overview of the market in case uh, that's something that matters to you. It also is nice. It shows the available quantities here. Uh, that can, of course, be useful if you're wanting to maybe target a material that's in a bit of a higher demand uh, given there's a lower supply. Another thing that they've added here actually very recently is a server comparison. So you'll notice here there's a selection up at the top that you can compare with. So we're actually going to go ahead and select Area 52 since that's another server that I currently play on. And what this is most useful for in my book is determining if there's anything worthwhile buying up on one server when you're transferring from that server to another one. Now I do know of individual gold makers who have made their entire gold making strategy doing this uh, kind of crazy cross-server arbitrage where they will buy up as much materials on one server and then transfer characters deliberately to make gold make a profit by selling those items on the server they're going to. Um, that's a bit much for me. It's a lot to, lot to manage, a lot of inventory, a lot of logistics, which, you know, I can definitely see the appeal in doing that. But uh, this would be a fantastic tool for trying to figure that out. And they've even color-coded things over here. So it's not labeled, but from what I've been able to determine, the numbers and the colors here correspond to percentages. Uh, so basically this is saying that on Tychondrius, the server we're basing this off of, the price is 104% of the price on Area 52. Then of course we can see uh, the price for Nightshade is 34 gold on Tychondrius and it's 32 gold on Area 52. That all matches up. It's yellow, which you know uh, kind of corresponds to the sort of the TSM colors. Uh, yellow is like, you know, there's money to be had, but it's not amazing. Down here at Virgil's Touch, we've got a 70%, and that's colored green, so that's you know maybe a little bit more desirable. Then if you know we look down here under the ground Shadowlands Herbs category as well, there's even a couple blues that are under 50%. Uh, I don't know if there's uh, enough demand to really make these worthwhile, but uh, it's definitely a cool little cool little feature they've added to the Undermine Journal. All right, then of course uh, there's a couple more things on the individual items that we'll talk about: the historical data that's available which we alluded to slightly earlier, and then pricing and quantity heat maps. So let's go ahead and actually take a look at Nightshade to get some examples. So obviously there's a bunch of different graphs here where you can see historical data. Um, this daily snapshot is, I believe, an hour by hour, or perhaps uh, maybe it's every 30 minutes or so. It looks like it's about every hour. Uh, so if you want to see a very granular short-term breakdown of price over time, that's available. You've got daily summaries, which can go back, uh, you know, as far as the materials have been available for. Obviously, for some uh, other materials that have been around for more than just one expansion, these will go back for as long as they have data for. And then lastly, uh, something that might be interesting. I don't find this terribly useful since I don't try to, to min-max this too much, but there are both pricing and quantity heat maps. Now, what this is, if you uh, are not viewing the video, is a breakdown. It's basically a big grid of... Uh, day on the y-axis and time on the x-axis and it gives you the average price on any given day at any given time and then the quantity one of course is how many of that item is currently posted on the auction house at any given day and time. You can use this information to figure out okay when is the price usually the highest or when is the price usually the lowest if you're looking to buy. 
Uh, same thing with quantity. If supply and demand is something that affects your market, this can be also very useful for trying to determine when the most things are posted, when the fewest things are posted. I have actually used this information in the past to give recommendation to friends who are asking like, hey, I'm just trying to like buy my legendary base and I, I really care about min-maxing my gold here. So like, when would be the best time to look to buy it? And I'm like, all right, pull up the heat map for the legendary base that you got. And yeah, the, the lighter colors down here looks like it's Saturday at, at 7 a.m. Or, or whatever it is. So yeah, if that's something that you want to try to try to get in a little bit of day trading action and really eke out a little bit more value, this can be an excellent tool for you on the Undermine Journal. So there you have it. That's sort of the overview of what usefulness you can get out of the Undermine Journal. I highly recommend checking it out and using it uh, as much as possible to give yourself an edge when it comes to making gold. No big changes on the bullish and bearish screen today. Uh, obviously, the two big things are Shadowlands Legendary Materials and Raid Consumables. Those are still very much going to be on the forefront of everyone's minds. Lots of turnover with people crafting Legendary, selling their materials they've stockpiled, and then, of course, getting ready for Raid Consumables with the release of the Raid and on Heroic and Mythic version in the coming weeks. Uh, yep. Nothing else to say really there, no changes other than just really wanting to emphasize those two things. Okay, then we'll go into a few questions. So, first question, why are people selling legendary bases at a loss? It's an interesting question, and you can actually replace legendary bases here with just about anything uh, that's especially crafted gear. Uh, this is definitely a question directed at things that have been crafted. Because if you pull up Trade Skill Master, <clears throat> on your profession window and see that, oh, uh, this legendary base is actually not crafting for a profit right now. Now, the it's, chances are the prices that are being used to calculate that number are based on what's currently on the auction house. And the, the legendary basis is actually a really great example here because right now the materials on the auction house for legendary bases are very, very high relative to what they were three or four months ago. There is plenty of people, myself included, who bought up a lot of legendary base materials before the price increased, which means, you know, I'm at like half of the current price for my cost basis for these materials. So if I'm going to go craft some legendary bases, it's probably actually going to be a profit for me, even though it's a loss for you. So that's really the most likely reason why you might see people selling legendary basis at a, a loss, it, it actually turns out that it's not a loss for them. It's just a loss for you based on the pricing that you have available to you at this time. Another example of how this can manifest is uh, with alchemy stuff. So at the end of Battle for Azeroth, with the introduction of the uh, the, the trade goods, tricks of the trade, I, I can't remember the name of it, that basically there were profession items that gave you kind of a leg up on your profession. And one of the ones for alchemy was a way to craft more than one of a given flask or potion at a time, which meant that if you didn't have access to that, uh, you would see in your trade skill master that everything's selling for a loss because all these other people are getting a bigger yield out of every single craft. So it really depends on the item you're, uh, that's in question. It depends on historical pricing. It depends on uh, also like what your tolerance, tolerances are for profit, right? Like somebody could actually go out and just be farming all these materials themselves and not valuing their time very highly and still selling for what would be viewed as a, a loss, even though technically they didn't spend as much money 
that's a whole other discussion I don't want to get into at this time. All right, next question. How do you decide which items to craft from old world professions? Well, it's really quite simple. Uh, you look at which ones make the biggest profit and make those. <laughs> I have uh, some pretty strong opinions on how much stuff you should be investing in when it comes to old world transmog. I'm sort of of the opinion that my bag space and time spent relisting auctions is very valuable. So I try to target only the biggest sellers and by biggest sellers, I mean the biggest profit. So I effectively give myself around 140 slots for old world transmog. And I just try to fill those with the ones with the biggest profit margins. There's an excellent uh, website that you can use uh, to look up your character, what recipes they have, and then based on uh, what's shown there, you can go see what you should maybe be targeting for farming. If you're trying to go farm things from drops or reputations, et cetera, et cetera. I'll uh, have a link to that, of course, in the show description. We've talked about it many times before, and uh, I always love an opportunity to bring it back up because it's one of my favorite things to look at. And then lastly, um, ideas for a solo gold farm for a beginner. So normally I don't love these sort of super generic questions, but I actually have a pretty good answer to this one at the moment. So historically, the mission table, garrison table, whatever you want to call it, the <laughs> in-game Farmville simulator, as you might uh, as you might call it, has been a excellent source of gold in World of Warcraft. And while the days of literally just getting oodles and oodles of gold out of the garrison mission table are gone, there's always something that you can benefit from in these mission tables. So my recommendation for a solo gold farm for a beginner is to simply get your mission table leveled up. Get all your followers, get all your uh, mission table upgrades from the Sanctum, and then, uh, yeah, upgrade your Sanctum as much as possible so that you're getting uh, large amounts of anima coming in from the missions. Uh, you'll reach a point where doing the missions will actually net you positive amounts of the resource, and then at that point, you can pretty much just do them for free without even having to go around doing world quests or whatever you do for anima. So there you go. Uh, this is a good investment because it'll be useful for the entirety of the expansion. There's augment runes that come out of it. There's there's all kinds of stuff. There's always something you can make gold on with the mission table. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today and for this week. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. I certainly had a good time making it. Glad we finally got to look at the Undermine Journal and how to use it. Again, my name is Andrew here for Dark Shore Capital. Uh, if you do not follow the channel or subscribe to the podcast or wherever you're listening or watching this, make sure to give it a follow, give it a like, give it a whatever it is that you're going to do on the platform of your choosing. If you'd like to reach out and have some discussion about gold making, the YouTube comments is a great place. You can also find me on Twitter. Twitter, My handle is at DarkShoreCap. If you prefer, prefer a more private setting, you can always send me an email. That address is darkshorecapital at gmail.com. Thank you ever so much. Have a wonderful week in gold making, and we'll see you next time.